0: and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we talk about what drives you. There are the things that fuel us, the things that are important to us, the things that get us out of the bed in the morning, if you will. What are the things or the thing in your life that really gets you going? How do you move beyond adversity to success? How do you do the thing that only you can do in this world effectively and powerfully? And how do you drive yourself? What are the things that drive you? What are the things that are important to you that makes life worth living and helps you be able to be the powerful impact in this world that you're meant to be? So again, the question is, what drives you? I'm so glad that you're here with us today. I've got three amazing guests. We're going to dive in from different directions the concept of what fuels us, what allows us to be powerfully the we that we are in this world, and more importantly, make the difference that only we can make. Sometimes life comes at us tough, and there is all the reasons in the world to give up. But the whole power behind being a thriving entrepreneur is knowing what drives us and then living our life powerfully by making use of the things that drive us. So my question for you is, what drives you? Let's listen to our first guest and begin to talk about what drives you. Join me in welcoming Stacy Wallace. Hey, Stacy, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm great, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Thank you. First off, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world.
0: Uh, Well, I show up as a mom of a 22 and 23-year-old, two very strong entrepreneurs. I'm wife of Larry Wallace for 27 years. I'm the CEO of Fueled by Fire, and uh, we have been helping companies, raise companies into the tens of millions, hundreds of millions, and even one company to a $1.2 billion market cap uh, by providing strategic consulting for faith-based CEOs, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs, whether they're going from startup to scale or scale to sell, uh, we have been blessed to have an incredible team of consultants that work with those organizations to help them create uh, good profitability.
1: Oh, I love that. So let's, uh, let's talk about a few of the definitions and then jump into it. Um, Faith-based, faith is this uh, any religion or is there any, anything specific? No,
0: we are very strong faith based as for us means the constitution of heaven on earth, which is the Bible, we are Christian faith based uh, organizational leaders and so we have a 12 month. Uh, university model program. It's a high ticket program where we work with CEOs and everything that we do from infrastructure, sales and marketing, magnetic sales, mastery, finance, uh, any type of corporate infrastructure. We do it all through the canvas of God's word. And by doing that, we help leaders see through the filter of all the noise in the marketplace of what you could do and how to get into that place where you have above and beyond uh, a different currency that operates for those who believe of uh, the Christian faith. We believe that there is a different currency and a different op- operational system that we go by. And so uh, our companies that we work on, we've got some that start off when they're 22 years old, and in nine months, they're making eight figures. We don't promise that, but uh, it's those companies that make God, uh, their company Christ-centered. And uh, so we're very clear about what we do. We operate under the power of the Holy Spirit. So very much a Christian-based organization.
1: Well, and of course, as a third generation minister, you know I love that. So, super (laughs) cool. Um, You got to ask though these days. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) I hear you, man. Well, it's our—it's really our sweet spot. We in 2020, well, in 2017, we were operating in business around the globe, 25 countries, and God told my husband and I that we were to walk away from our companies, uh, give up our titles, give all of our money to the poor. And do that with just a hundred percent faith. And of course, the only example we had was the Bible of the rich young ruler. So uh, obviously God knew that that was important to us and probably the thing that would be the hardest for us to do. But we didn't we couldn't find any example of what ha- would have happened for him. Nobody knows. So we wanted to, you know, we've built a lot of companies over 35 years and Uh, We said, let's do it. Let's be 100% obedient. Let's go all in. And so we did that. And for two and a half years, we stayed out of the profit making market, didn't have any um, participation in anything other than nonprofit activities and feeding the poor. And in that season, God radically changed our lives and radically changed the way we present ourselves in the marketplace in 2020. In that time, he also began to show us that something was going to happen in 2020, how to position ourselves. We had already unplugged from the financial markets, from even uh, local church activity, because we felt like God was wanting us to teach our children how to do home church and uh, we, we started sharing it with our clients. We feel like something's gonna happen. We encourage you don't be addicted to smoke machines and big events. We feel like God's getting ready to share. We thought it was gonna be something like, we're gonna go underground like China, <laughs> um, but we didn't realize it would be COVID, but that's exactly what happened. So in 2020, because we weren't just doing logical investments, logical business development, we were listening to the Holy Spirit he positioned us in a way that we were protected in 2020, had the best year of our lives. We bought an RV. Uh, when we came out of that season of giving everything away, he allowed us to take a position with a company uh, that began to pray for us to uh, pay for us to travel to that company in California. We got an RV, traveled back and forth in 2020 while everyone else was in lockdown. Uh, we were streaming, uh, fishing in streams and going into the mountains with our kids and having incredible adventures. And then we launched Fueled by Fire. And we really believe that our life, the first 50 years of our life was preparation for what he's called us to do now. And that is to help authors and writers and CEOs, thought leaders, entrepreneurs be able to build these purpose-driven faith-based. And when we say highly profitable, it's not just about the money they make, but it's about the money they generate to give back to kingdom purposes. So we teach that the tithe 10% of your company is a baseline, uh, but we have a goal of being able to give back 90% of our companies so that we can lead by example that there really is an upside down kingdom that works when you work the constitution of heaven, which we believe is what we... Are able to study and read about through scripture.
1: Keep going. I'm just loving all of it. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, I mean, that is really cool. I remember at the beginning of 2020, I said this, and people were like, Well, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, God doesn't tell us all of the story. I remember at the beginning of 2020, I told people, I was like, Now is the time. By the time we get to the middle of this year, it'll be too late you know, and it's like, there is some real opportunity here this month in January, 2020. Uh, but if you're in July of 2020, you're going to wish that you had done what you didn't do in January. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had no idea, you know, and then COVID hit. So uh, it's kind of cool to hear some of the stories of some of the things that God's doing. All right. So let's talk about some of the practical ends of your company. So you talk about the fact that you've worked with brand new startups all the way to hugely already successful companies, um, but that it's a high ticket, uh, you know, program. Mm-hmm. So does a person who's a startup need to be, you know, someone independently wealthy to be able to afford you? Or how does, how do you make that work so that a person who's at the beginning of their journey can jump into a high ticket offer and be able to really actually make it work?
0: Sure. That's a great question. Um, Well, one of the things, so we have obviously an Ascension model inside of our company, and we teach this to authors and coaches and uh, people who have brick and mortars, real estate agents, insurance agents, that in today's market, you've got to have an Ascension model of product offerings. And so for us, we recognize that not everybody's going to be able to Immediately jump into our 12-month university-style business mastery program. It is 12 months, 130 courses and classes, and it is extensive so that people don't have to piecemeal their business development. We provide sales, marketing, uh, financial uh, infrastructure, technology, AI training. Uh, we we cover the gamut because we really we don't want somebody to have to go to Harvard. To get that information, because they will not get it with the function and function of the Holy Spirit, they're going to get it through humanistic training, and in order to operate in the kingdom, you've got to be able to operate according to kingdom principles so just one of our courses is called kingdom authority and stewardship. Um, and so when we teach that, and then we teach right now, we're in a, a major course with some additional adjunct professors of social media marketing. Yes, you can hire a social media marketing consultant, but they're not going to give it to you through the principles, through the brand strategy, brand identity of the word of God. So we're very specific in, in, in how we do it. What we do for people who are just getting started and a lot of the companies that we've taken to millions or even hundreds of millions, we've started from scratch. So um, people who are getting uh just getting started, or maybe they don't have the ability to put investment money in at the beginning into their business, or maybe they don't have an ability to get angel investors to help start their company, or they have no marketing budget or training budget. We do something where every six to eight weeks, God has really instructed us to go into the marketplace and give free high-level mastery level training. Uh, Right now, actually, we're in the middle of training uh, a course right now that is for people to come for free, get what you can get. If you can then jump into one of our programs, great. Um, If you can jump into one of our uh, courses, which is a broken out model of our big university 12 month program, you can do that as well. So we start at uh, our VIP rooms, our, our small entry level financially, then we move up to our courses, then we move up to our university model, which is $23,000. Then we move into our masterminds with other CEOs and thought leaders, which is $48,000 and all the way up to over 100000 when we're actually taking equity in a company and bringing in uh, team players to actually work within that company and work with all the areas of infrastructure. So it's here's what we have found, though, Steve, is no matter where somebody is at, there's always a place to start. We want to help them get started. And as they begin to scale, they'll begin to see that you cannot do kingdom currency in the world system. It just doesn't work. It has that money has wings. You make it, it goes away. You make it, it has to go to more payments. You make it, your carburetor falls out. You make it, something happens that the money seems to, it's like a hole in the bucket But when you're operating according to kingdom principles, like David Green says in his book, uh, I think it's leadership, not leadership, something. Um, Anyhow, it's a great book, but he is the founder and CEO or founder of uh, Hobby Lobby and and the chains that are are around Hobby Lobby. And they're at 50% giving. But the principles, again, that billion dollar CEOs and thought leaders understand in the kingdom. Is that it's not about how much money you make in your business. It's not about how much money or books you sell. It's how much money are you generating in order to feed the poor, clothe the naked, take care of the widows and the orphans. And are you giving that money out? Are your hands wide open? Because when your hands become wide open, you're no longer going, oh, it's high, 10%. That's so important. That's so much. You're giving anything he asks you to give. You're giving all if he asks you to give it. And so it's a different mindset. It's a different strategy, but you can get started right where you're at, no matter where you're at within our program. FBF Challenge is how somebody right now can tap into one of our free seven-day mastery courses. Um, If they go to fbfchallenge.com, they'll see that we talk about legacy wealth and you're never too young or too old to start legacy wealth. We've got 18 year olds that are choosing not to go to college. Their parents are like, we want you to go get training. And they're like, I don't want to learn the way the world is learning. I want to learn the way uh, Fuel by Fire is teaching it on the principles of God's word. We love seeing the growth, no matter where somebody's at, that they get started and they start leaning into their kingdom uh, power, which we believe is their calling and their spiritual giftings.
1: Again, I just want to say, just keep going. Uh, So (laughs) I did bring it up. It's fbfchallenge.com. So that's kind of the first place people get started interacting with you.
0: Absolutely. That's obviously they can go to stacywallace.com to learn more about me and what we've been doing, but FBF challenges is how they can get registered for our next challenge. Um, I always tell people don't, especially in today's market where there's so many consultants, there's so many Quote unquote life coaches or business coaches. And hiring a life coach is not, should not be your goal. Hiring somebody that's going to help tap you into heaven on earth should be your goal. So you need to study them. You'll know a tree by the fruit that it bears. You need to study their family, their marriage, their children. You need to study the businesses that surround them. You need to study the fruit. Uh, not only the fruit that they've worn, but the multiplication, because he said, bear fruit and multiply. So uh, you can see on StacyWallace.com. That's why we have that website there is so obviously people can tap into our books and they can tap into our programs, but it's also to study Uh, and even with my husband, Larry, we do everything we do. We do it together. We've been married for 27 years and, uh, he is the COO of Fueled by Fire. And so he handles all of our technology, operations, automations, anything that deals with, uh, technology. He's our go-to guy. Our son is involved. Uh, he runs a, a marketing agency, but he runs all he's head of marketing for us. Our daughter is involved and runs our CRM, which is all of our, uh, customer resource management, all of our clients that come through. So we believe that to build legacy, you've got to build beyond yourself. You've got to think about who am I supposed to be influencing on this planet? And am I creating something that's appetizing to them? A lot of parents create something their kids want nothing to do with. And I believe it's because they haven't identified a clear North star, a, a why that's bigger than the company itself. And so our children give to M Women, which is our nonprofit organization where we rescue women and girls coming out of some of life's most difficult challenges. Uh, they are they they love being a part of Fuel by Fire because they know we give significant amount of uh, offerings uh, to M Women and other faith based organizations. So they want to be involved because not because of just our coaching program or our consulting programs. They want to be involved because of what that's doing in the kingdom.
1: That is so amazing. So um, there's so many things to do here. You can go to Stacywallace.com, fueledbyfire.com. You can go to Amazon and get Fueled by Fire uh, from Mm -hmm. Amazon if you want to. Um, But for a person who has heard all that you've said um, and they just want something actionable right now, what is one thing that a person could do right now today to begin to be fueled by fire?
0: Well, the fuel by fire means to be fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in order to be fueled by the Holy Spirit, you've got to make him number one. You've got to make his voice number one, more important than your investors, more important than your advisors, more important than your mommy and your daddy and your cousins and your relatives and your uncles and your kids and your husband and your wife. Um, We teach something called the the chart of transcendence, which all of those people are what we call 39th floor and below. They are earth consciousness people. And the only way to run an effective company, as much as I love my husband, I love Jesus more. And as much as my husband loves me, he loves Jesus more. We make him ruler of our thought processes, of our business decisions, of our negotiations. And so inside of what we're offering to people, we're giving them the opportunity to connect with the Holy Spirit. So my number one takeaway today, if there's nothing, if I never talk to you again, you never are a part of one of our courses or classes or free programs. Wake up every morning before your feet hit the floor, before you open your eyes, practice this. It's going to, it's going to take you some time to get used to this because your brain is going to be the loudest thing, but practice saying, good morning, Holy spirit. What would you have of me today? Just bring God into the first part of your consciousness. When you wake up and see what he says, he may put somebody's name in front of you. He may put a face in front of you. He may say like today, he told me to go for a walk to our love cabin, which is one of our transitional homes we have for M women, and I didn't know why he wanted me to walk down there. What I didn't know is I, my husband was down there too. And it's a pretty good walk. Uh, he was down there watering some of the new flowers and plants and trees that we were putting out uh, to make it prettier. So that it's, it could be something so simple that, that you. it could be like go to Walmart, aisle 13, pay for the groceries of a woman there, right? So good morning, Holy Spirit, what would you have of me today? It could be to forgive. It could be to forgive a debt that somebody owes you. Make matter most to God, matter most to you, and you'll begin to see what it means to be fueled by fire.
1: Oh, Stacy, I love that so much. That's so amazing. Uh, tell us again the URLs so that people can get started with you.
0: Stacywallace.com is how you can go uh, find out of all we do, S-T-A-C-I-W-A-L-L-A-C-E.com. And then if you want to tap in and go through a seven day experience with us or a full week experience with us, go to fbfchallenge.com. And that's going to get you registered for our legacy wealth mastery course, where we're going to teach a lot of these principles for an entire week. I
1: love it. We've only just began to scratch the surface, but it's a good start. I look forward to having you on the show again. Stacy. thanks so much for spending some time with us here today. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. What drives you? What are you fueled by? And does it drive you? Does it spur you on to greater things? Or is it just something that kind of helps you get by? I encourage you to think about that a little bit as we take our first commercial break here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third generation minister, an international bestselling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're bestselling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself and tell you i know the world is waiting on your message and i would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world go to askstevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today This is Steve. Welcome back. Today we're talking about what drives you. We talked in the first segment about being fueled by fire and what the true fire is. And I can tell you from my own personal uh, point of view, that song that is the intro that we're using now, that's one of the things that drives me. So the question is, what drives you? What fuels you? What are the things that helps you move from whatever's going on under your life to the next thing? Let's listen to our next guest. Join me in welcoming... Matt Haycox. Hey Matt, how are you doing today?
2: Yeah, good, thanks Steve. Good, thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. To begin with, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world.
2: Well, I always describe myself as a, you know, an entrepreneur, a funder and a guy who's uh, who's made a million mistakes, but um I mean my, I'm like I'm 42 now I've been uh, I've been in business since I was 18 officially and through all of my teenage years I kind of spent all of that time trying to um, trying to do everything I could to uh, to escape school early so I think you know entrepreneurship's in my blood Um, I you know my first successful business was in leisure Uh, I quickly pivoted from bars and clubs to strip clubs and uh, over the course of about four years became the biggest strip club operator in the UK Uh, I had a a big portfolio of bars clubs pubs hotels restaurants and a finance business and then in 2008 uh, in the space of about six weeks managed to lose everything overnight went spectacularly bankrupt and uh, kind of woke up in the middle of September 2008 with No business, no money, uh, a one-year-old daughter, um, a wife and a mortgage. And um, it was starting from scratch again.
1: Wow. Um, What happened? What, What took you from all of that success to almost instantly having it all go
2: away? Uh, I mean, the short answer is it was completely over-leveraged as a business. Uh, I mean, like I, I I built that business from my kind of early to mid-20s. Um, and I think, you know, whilst I was uh, I'm very good at growing the top line and, and very, very creative and very aggressive, um, I built it on a house of cards. You know, I used a lot of short-term, expensive finance. Um, well, I did it at the time because I didn't know better. Uh, and I guess if I'm playing devil's advocate, I'd say i was a greedy i was a hungry borrower and my lenders were greedy lenders but you know i think as i get older and uh, hopefully wiser i try and take responsibility for everything myself and you know just looking back i was borrowing money that i couldn't afford to pay back
1: and a lot of people do that you know i mean you have expenses that are happening right now or something you want to capitalize on somebody makes you an offer that is ridiculously expensive uh, but you say yes. And maybe later you look at it, or maybe you never really look and see just how much you really are spending. <laughs>
2: I think my, my problem back then was um, that you know I, I was building a business in a time of very freely available capital uh, so I never knew what it was like to be out of money uh, you know if I ever if I was ever out of operational cash flow I could just call one of my lenders and they'd sem- you know send me some more money to you know to plug the hole and I just thought that was normal you know if I ever wanted to buy a new a new bar or a new venue or open a new business I could just ring a lender and they'd send me some money I and mean, I mean literally I, I did I didn't know any different- different, um, until I did know different and, um, it all changed very rapidly.
1: <laughs> so you go through this horrible place where you've gone from everything down to absolutely nothing. Um, how did you pivot? What did you do then?
2: Well, I mean, I got going again pr- pretty quickly, as in immediately. Uh, you know, people always ask me for, uh, you know, how did, how did I kind of bounce back after the bankruptcy? I think, you know, people were always expecting uh, uh, some kind of motivational story or some, you know, some shining light. But, you know, I don't have an exciting tale to tell. All I can say is I woke up that next day. Uh, and I had, you know, I had a, a one-year-old daughter who needed feeding. You know, I had a wife who needed who needed the mortgage paying. And, and I always say I was never born to be poor. So I, I had no choice but to get back out there and start working again. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, people always describe that time in my life and say, oh, you know, Matt lost everything. And I think, uh, you know, what, what, what most people misunderstand is I didn't lose everything. I, I lost my money. know, I lost my money and I lost my business, but what I didn't lose, it was my skill set, my education, you know, everything I'd learned over those years in business, my contact base, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So whilst I was starting at the bottom of the financial ladder again, uh, I was still, you know, as, as, as educated in business as I was the day before. And if anything more educated, because I'd just, I'd just learned from another mistake, you know, the, 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 the mistake of over leverage and the, and the resulting bankruptcy. So, um, you know, I went back to work the next day, um, really as a finance broker. Um, I mean, I I obviously I couldn't be borrowing any money then, so I I had to go and uh, leverage my skill set. And you know, I'd learned how to be a lender. I'd learned how to be a finance broker by spending so much time borrowing money. Uh, I'd become kind of known as the go-to guy in my. My local area for 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 connecting lenders and borrowers, uh, and and that that was that was basically where I started again and scaled from there pretty rapidly, you know, pretty rapidly because, like I say, you know, I still had the uh, the knowledge I'd learned over the the previous years of how to build and grow a business.
1: So, when you began hooking people up with financing, were you helping some of them get? some of those really highly over leveraged finances or did you also then begin helping them understand how detrimental that was
2: you know it was it was a bit of both i mean my problem wasn't that i had some you know expensive finance or short-term finance it was that all of my finance was short-term and expensive um and i think you know even back then or today you know that there's there's no issue with having You know, having some short-term expensive finance as part as part of a blended package, Uh, but you know, I think it's about it's about having the right finance for the right projects. You know, about using using the right assets. To, to, to secure in the right way. So, so, yes, I mean, I guess, you know, to answer your question, uh, I helped people avoid the mistakes I made. Um, and, 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 that's, and that's basically where my business has grown to today, that, uh, you know, I, my sales pitch to my customers it very much is I was a lender, so I was a borrower before I was a lender, and I'm a business person, not a bank manager. So when you deal with me, and therefore when you deal with my organisation, you get a completely different perspective uh, than you would when than you would with any with any other lender, because you know I've I've been there, I've sat in your shoes, I've I've suffered the problems that you suffered. Um, and if anything, you know, I've I've been through mistakes, you know, and been through circumstances that hopefully you'll never have to go through. So I've got, I'm not just here to provide you the finance. I'm here to provide you the, um, you know, the, the handholding, the expertise as well.
1: Mm, I love that. So we're looking back, that was 2008. So about 15 years ago, and you're mm. still doing that now. Is that correct?
2: yeah that's what i'm doing now i mean look it's it's grown and changed over the years i mean when i first started you know in 2008 9 10 you know being a finance broker uh, i mean i was very simply connecting lenders and borrowers and being the middleman you know then I, I i brought some of my original investors back on board uh, and that's when i then became a lender but you know the lending we did then was very I and mean, it was very small ticket you know in my first investor gave us something like a £100,000 back then. And, you know, you obviously can't lend all that to one person. So, you know, we we broke that up and we were doing five grand loans, ten grand loans. And as the years have gone on, you know, we've got more investors, bigger investors with deeper pockets. Um, the, the, The core of the business model is still the same, but we just deal you know, with, with a bigger, a, a bigger customer now, and we can do it, do a bigger deal. You know, if you asked me 10 years ago, we were doing five and 10 grand deals. If you asked me today, we can do 5 million pound deals, 7 million pound deals. So same principles, just, uh, just a couple more zeros.
1: Love that. So when you run into somebody that is in the place that you were before your business had to declare bankruptcy, do you, uh, you know, also work with those, what we call subprime candidates or do you pretty well only work with folks who haven't gotten themselves into that much of a pickle?
2: Uh, no, I mean, to be honest, every borrower that we deal with has got some kind of quirk or some kind of story. I mean, you know a mainstream lender would probably call them all subprime because I guess in that mainstream world you've either got prime or subprime, but I like to think that there's a lot of a lot of shades of gray between you know between black and white uh, and the kind of borrowers we deal with are ones who can't get finance from from the mainstream for various reasons, but those reasons. Are very rarely that they've got absolutely terrible credit and and they're in a pickle, because I mean if they were then that wouldn't really make a good story for me. You know we we're not um, we're not a lender of the last resort. We're not a pawnbroker. You know we, we're we're there to you know we're there to solve a problem. We're there to bridge a gap or or, or plug a need. Um, and you know I guess at the cleanest end of the spectrum for us we deal with very clean borrowers. It's just that they need something very fast. And at the more dirty end, you know, we will deal with any story, no matter how bad that story is, as long as we A, know the truth and B, know what the uh, the action plan is to, to get the borrower out of the mess that they're in. Um, and, and also you know we take security I mean we're we're a, we're a very security led lender uh, you know we'll take a broad view on that security you know we love property but you know we can take plant and machinery and intellectual property and you know all, all other kinds of asset class as well but you know we do we do need something to fall back onto
1: so for a person who needs capital infusion into their business um, what's kind of step one Where, what should a person? Do themselves before they then, you know, contact the lender. What should they really know?
2: Well, you know, I always say that um, that the the reason that most people who come to us don't get finances because they don't really understand what they need when they when they come to us. You know, that they, they don't have. Uh, you know, they don't have the house in order. And raising finance, uh, you know, it's, um, I guess it's a game, it's a presentation, you know, there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And and what you what you really need to do is A, know exactly everything for yourself and then B, then present that to the lender. And so that's, you know, having a very clear set of financial records, you know, both historical, current and projected. So, you know, accounts, projections, bank statements to go with the accounts, uh, you know, all of those again need to need to be in order or if they're not in order then you know you need to identify in advance um you know what 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 are the negatives on them so that you can be proactive about those you know i think p- people think that they're clever when they try to hide something from a lender but you know lenders aren't stupid you know that they, they, they can see they do see the problems you know they may not find them immediately but very rarely do things do things not come out um, and you know my attitude like most lenders is we don't mind about bad things as long as you've brought them to our attention and not tried to hide them in the first place so certainly getting getting all your, all your finances in order um, credit rating personal credit rating is always a very important indicator Again, people. People like to either not understand or get a bit grumpy about the fact that, well, why do you need to look at my personal credit when this is a business loan? Or, well, you know, what we like to look at is how do, the, how do the owners of that business behave? You know, we're not even particularly looking at your credit to, um, to, to see if you've got any money. We're looking how do you behave as an individual? You know, do you, do you bounce little payments all over the place? And, you know, people say, well, oh, I bounced it on the second of the month, but I made it up again on the third. You know, why are you bothered? And it's, you know, it's not about the money. It's about the principle that, you know, you're just disorganized and, and, and you're messing around. So, you know, that's ha- having having uh, you know, a clear, organized financial profile is very important. Um, and then ha- having 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 a business case of why you need the money, how you think you're going to pay it back. Um, And then what's what's the asset or what's the exit route for the lender if it all goes wrong and really being able to understand all those factors and and know them yourself and present them to your lender, you know, basically do the lender's job for them and make their life easy.
1: I love that. So what kind of people? um, I mean, I know you're in the UK. Do you work with people all over the world or just in the UK or?
2: So I only lend to people in the UK. Um, I mean, I raise money from investors all over the world, but we only lend in the UK. I mean, quite, quite simply just because, you know, I know that UK market inside and out. I mean, look, everything I've just talked about on here, if you're a borrower listening to this or if you're a business owner listening to this and these are universal principles and you know that they, they apply the world the world over uh, but just for me as a lender uh, I know the UK market like the back of my hand you know I know how to how to take security I know how to transact I know how to enforce security if it goes wrong um, and every country and every legal system has has, has their own um, you know, I guess their own quirks and their, their own way of behaving uh, and for me you know if I, if I went to another country would be starting from scratch every day and uh, you know I'm always in a position where I've got more deals to do than money I've got to lend so for now I don't really need to need to deviate from what I'm doing and I think you know that's a a, just in general that's an area where you know too many business owners go wrong that when they've got when they've got a niche that works for them you know you want to be doubling down and tripling down on that niche uh, not uh, diversifying for the sake of diversifying
1: Perfect. So for the people in the UK that would like to um, would like to work with you and see if you can help them get financing, how would they get in contact with you?
2: Well, look. Whether you're in the UK, whether whether you're worldwide, even if uh, even if you are are not just looking for finance, if you want business advice and you want to follow me in general, because you know, uh, uh, as well as offering finance, you know, I've, I've got a very active social presence, and uh, you know, I, I, I always do what I can to help businesses wherever they're located. Uh, but you can find me online. Uh, like I say, I'm pretty active on social, uh, and I'm v Matt Haycox. That's T H E M A T T H A Y C O X. I have a website at matt with two T's hyphen Haycox.com. And I also have a, have, also have a podcast and a newsletter called the Matt Haycox show. So, you know, find me online on any of those places. Uh, I always respond to my messages, always respond to my emails, and um, I look forward to hearing from people.
1: Perfect. I love that. Give us that URL one more time.
2: Yeah, it's at matt-haycox.com. So M-A-T-T hyphen, which is the line in the middle, H-A-Y-C-O-X.com.
1: Give us a few last words on reasons why we should get financing before you go.
2: I mean, you know, reasons why you should get financing. Um, I mean, look, normally people need finance to grow a business. I mean, there's, there's, there's very few businesses that don't need some kind of finance. And you've got two ways normally to raise that money from debt or from equity. Um, and, you know, debt ultimately is the cheapest way for you as a business owner uh, to be able to grow that business. You know, you're not giving away control. You're not giving away any share of your future profits. You know, as long as you can pay that loan back on time, you know exactly where you stand. So I think it's very a very important skill for any business owner to learn how to borrow money because, you know, borrowing money is a skill. You know, there's a right way to do it. There's a wrong way, as I've talked about earlier. You know, there's a right way to present yourself. Uh, and even if you don't think you need finance now, there will probably be a time in the future for your business, whether it's for a positive reason because you want to grow or whether it's for a negative reason because something unfortunate has happened and you need a bit of money to plug the hole. But it's very rare you can get away without it. So the quicker you can learn that skill, the safer you'll be.
1: Love that. Well, Matt, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today.
2: No worries, Steve. Thanks for having me.
1: If you lost it all, what would drive you to start over again? What wouldn't help you continue to thrive in all that you're doing? Think about that as we take our next commercial break. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third generation minister, an international bestselling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write publish and market their books and now they're best-selling authors and you're next i just wanted to come on for a minute say hi to you tell you a little bit about me introduce myself and tell you i know the world is waiting on your message and i would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world go to askstevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today This is Steve, welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about what drives you. We've got one more guest and we want to talk about the cool things you can do when you allow what drives you to impact your life and when you're living as a thriving entrepreneur. Here we go. Join me in welcoming Cassie Petrie. Hey Cassie, how are you doing today?
3: I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good.
1: And I ask you how to how to pronounce your last name, but is it Cassie or is it Casey?
3: It's Cassie.
1: Hey, I was right. Yay me! Yay. Never get it right. Um, (laughs) So, first off, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world.
3: So, I am the founder or co-founder of a digital marketing company and artist management company called CrowdSurf. We've existed for almost 16 years now, which is really cool. Kind of have been around since social media has been around. Very grateful for the timing. Uh, I live in santa monica but i travel a lot i like traveling to other places with beaches on top of enjoying santa monica beach and my general goal in my career is to help artists in in any way possible that's been digital marketing for a lot of years but it's evolved to other roles on their team such as uh, managing them as well but what if i can do something to help an artist that is my mission that is my calling and that is what i spend most of my time at work doing.
1: I love how casual you are about it. You know, you've worked with some artists. Now, if the bio I'm reading here even touches a little bit on some of the artists you've worked with, maybe you want to drop just a few names.
3: Sure. So some of my longer standing projects are Britney Spears, Baxter Boys, and Camila Cabello. And I'm fortunate we have an amazing roster. And we actually are working like over a hundred projects at a time.
1: So for people who are not uh, familiar with the industry, what kind of uh, marketing do you do for groups like the Backstreet Boys or artists like Brittany or other ones like that?
3: So we're kind of their. I would say we're their digital team or, you know, a lot of people have a quote unquote digital person, but we fill that role and that, you know, is often helping in social media things and social media world. So creating and editing posts have putting together strategy for that, analyzing data and sentiment and giving that feedback to the team. But it also involves a lot of nuts and bolts on other places like website strategy, making sure that a website is built. Sometimes my company builds the websites for people. We're looking at digital store strategy. We're looking at, email list and texting list strategy and, um, you know, managing YouTube accounts and anything that involves electronic communications and either communicating with an existing fan base or trying to build new fans, that is that is the world that we live in for clients like that.
1: I love that. So um, in, in addition to that, it sounds like you've worked on some projects that are more um, artists that may have not even been alive when you were born, just guessing from some of the things that are in your bio here. What is it like to work with an iconic artist like a Frank Sinatra or Marvin Gaye or something like that, you know, and do marketing for somebody that is that big of a name?
3: It's It's incredible. And it's amazing to see how I know as many songs by artists that existed and had careers before I was born as artists that are popular today and those songs never feeling dated or old they still fit in in terms of daily life whether you're hearing songs at the grocery store or at a beach bar or out at a club or at a party it, you know their music still works and their brand still works and their brand is still cool and i think that's that's really really awesome and just grateful to to be a part of that and it's kind of fun to think about like what would have social media looked like for artists like that when they were you know quote-unquote an active artist that doing shows and you know releasing those songs for the first time so it's you know kind of fun to take a little bit of thinking about that and you know using modern day media to share their art when they didn't you know necessarily have the chance to do that in the heyday of their career when they were releasing all this stuff for the first time.
1: It always helps when you use the unmute button too. You'd think after all these years that <laughs> I'd know that, right? Um, <laughs> I've often wondered um, with some of the artists, um, what their careers would have been like, had there been a social media back in the day, you know? I mean, some of that. I mean, because there's almost as much of it in the industry these days of, your presence in social media and stuff like that as it is, uh, whether you're nice looking or whether you can even sing for that matter. (laughs) um, Do you think they would have been as famous and popular um, if, you know, if they would have been living in a social media world?
3: I think they probably would have been even more popular because people would have been able to create content about them and share content more easily. And, and I actually think about the scenario a lot with them. Um, I think about One Direction and how a lot of the members of One Direction have gone on to have really successful solo careers. And then I think about the Backstreet Boys and how the Backstreet Boys didn't really have the success as solo artists as the members of One Direction did. And we could argue, you know, the reasons why or why that hasn't happened. But I do think that if social media would have existed the same way it does now when the Baxter Boys were they're at their you know highest heights and the most popular group in the world, I bet that they would have had an easier time and probably more success with their solo careers. So it's super interesting to think about how that would have affected artists in both positive and negative ways.
1: I totally agree with you because I have daughters that range the range between you know, One Direction all the way up to actually New Kids on the Block. So, yes, um, you know, and it's like, uh, it's fun to think back to how popular they were with them when they were especially tweens, you know, and, uh, you know, how embarrassed they are if they were listening to this episode that I mentioned that they used to like those groups.
3: It's funny. (laughs) Uh,
1: So um, I'm just totally artist geeking out here on you. Um, Talk to us a little bit about the the really significant stuff you do in the world
3: so i always say that i kind of view my role in digital marketing with artists is there's a there's a lyric i really like in a jimmy eat world song and it's you know i play it goes i play my little part in something big and and i feel like that's our role with a lot of artists we play our little part to help something that we believe in become something big and become something that people, you know, become songs that people resonate with, you know, market tours that people go to with their friends and will remember that experience for the rest of their life. And I never want to take credit or say those moments are because of us, but I like to think those moments happen because we played our, you know, did our part in, a, a bigger thing. And, you know, that's really meaningful to me.
1: I'm really curious if you don't mind telling us the story a little bit, how did you, I, I mean, everybody dreams of, you know, you go to someplace in Los Angeles and you get this really cool career. How did that happen for you? How did you just go from, you know, a regular girl to now you're working with, you know, the Backstreet Boys and Camilla and Brittany and all those cool names?
3: So I, I always say it starts wherever you're currently geographically located. And I would say that social media and the way that the world works in terms of communications now, you probably even have more opportunities than than I did when I was a teenager. But I, I always say yeah, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, not necessarily like a music industry mecca, but I did everything I could To get the most experience I could in that city before I moved to a new city to grow my career. So I went to high school and middle school there. And I did everything I could to be involved in the local music scene. When I was in high school, I found local bands and local managers to volunteer for, intern with, and help them with various tasks. Whether that was posting flyers around town or um i remember pure volume had just come onto the scene but helping artists with their pure volume pages building email blast um that sort of thing i i helped bigger national artists who were coming through town i would post flyers for their show i but i did everything i could to gain experience where i was and i i promise you no matter where you are at in the world if you want to work in the music business There is a local artist that could use your help that doesn't have the funding to hire a bigger company to help them. And that is a great way to gain experience. So I started there and I think I kind of did everything that I could in Louisville, Kentucky. I moved to Nashville and I sort of did the same thing. I went to school there and I did everything I could in Nashville to grow my career and that eventually led me to Los Angeles, but it's definitely something that didn't happen overnight. I didn't like go straight from Kentucky to Los Angeles and, you know, apply for a job on LinkedIn and get offered it. I, I I did everything I could to build a great resume that would take me from one city to the other, one job to the next.
1: I'd love to talk to you about one of the questions that was posed as a possible conversation, and that's your thought that imposter syndrome is a good thing tell us why is imposter syndrome
3: in your opinion a good thing so i think it's all about reframing imposter syndrome right because you know i don't view imposter syndrome imposter syndrome is a good thing in the sense that i don't think people should be so fearful that that they're debilitated and don't believe in themselves but i think in life we have to figure out how to identify why we're feeling a certain way in a moment and a lot of times when we feel that raw emotion inside that a lot of us have dubbed is imposter syndrome i think i've i've worked really hard to sort of reframe that and take the good reasons of why i'm feeling that way in that moment and a lot of times feeling that way can indicate like that you care about the situation that you're in and that you want to perform well and that you want to deliver, and that it's a new experience, so you might be nervous. But when I sort of define why I have those things, i it almost makes me reaffirm why I should be there like if I care about this and it's important to me and I'm nervous about it because I want to do well and because I want to you know represent my myself and maybe other people that relate to me in the best way possible in this situation, then that it's the opposite. It's not that I don't deserve to be here. It's that I do deserve to be here and I should be here because I obviously really care about this situation.
1: So before I let you go, because you do this all day long, I know my listeners would love to hear some of your tips on ways to really position themselves on social media and maybe even which one should they focus
3: on these days? Yeah, absolutely. So before I even tell people like where they should go on social media. I think it's important to know your, I think it's important to pretend like we're in the 1970s. Social media doesn't exist. What goals are you trying to accomplish without social media? And once you know what you're trying to accomplish, you know, whether it's to market your restaurant or to market your music or to reach, you know, to connect more people because you want to help them, whatever your goal is, you have to know why you're doing it outside of social media before you incorporate social media into it. I always tell people that your goals shouldn't be social media. You should use social media to help reach your goals. And when you know your why, it makes decision making in your path to reaching your why a lot easier. So you know that's one you know thing I like to encourage. And then a second general thing I like to encourage is to not, you know, to maybe not focus on exactly what everyone else is doing because, you know, right now TikTok's super saturated and it's important to be there, but maybe think about a social media platform that's overlooked or a tool that's getting overlooked that's not getting as much attention because it's always better to kind of be a bigger fish in a smaller pond, so to speak, and that's easier to do when you're doing something when you're not doing exactly what everyone else is doing. So sometimes we see success on using a platform like Snapchat because people overlook that, but it's a platform with a lot of people. I'm seeing a lot of people have success using Facebook reels because there's a lot of people on Facebook, but people aren't using that tool yet. But it's, you know, it's fun to critically think about like, where are people at, but maybe the tools don't have as much hype around them. And I've, I've had a lot of success in, um, growth in, in those areas with that kind of thinking.
1: Mm, I love that so much. Uh, so for people that are listening, do you work with people outside of the music industry or do they keep you so busy at work that you don't have time to do that in addition?
3: I generally, me and my company generally stay focused on music or other entertainment aspects. So we work with some comedians, some actors and actresses, influencers, but any entity that's of, any entity that's made up of people or an individual that's a person that would acquire fans and be a public figure, those are kind of our clients, but we don't do things like a salon or a restaurant. That's just not really our esper- expertise and people don't come to work at my company to work on projects like that. They want to work with entertainment industry figures.
1: And is there anything that we or the listeners could do for you?
3: We or the listeners can do for me. Wow. Um, I never get asked a nice question like that. I think just in general, it's with social media, keep an open mind. Don't jump to conclusions on every piece of content you see. There's You're seeing a picture and a caption and there's always two sides to every story and just just be nice to people because you don't know the whole story or what's going on on the other side of a story or piece of content.
1: Love that. And for people who just really want to geek out uh, um, on the popular ones or the next one that's going to be popular, where should they follow you at?
3: So I primarily am most active on my in my DMs on Instagram and LinkedIn, and it's just my name on there. It's Cassie, C-A-S-S-I-E, Petrie, P-E-T-R-E-Y.
1: I love it. Well, Cassie, I really appreciate We could go on and on, you know, and talk about the music industry for hours, but I appreciate the time that you took to spend some time with us here today.
3: Of course. Thank you for having me.
1: Sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? What are the things that drive you? What are the cool things that you get to do in life because you are bought in, sold out, fueled by the thing that drives you. And are you committed to it? And is it a part of your life? I love how Stacy started us off talking about God and about how having that relationship with him and that being intensely a part of who we are as people makes all the difference. And if we're not fueled by that fire, then we're really kind of just chasing our tail. So I encourage you to think about what is driving you and what's fueling that, and then just kind of have some perspective on it because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. The world needs you. We need you to be driven in all that you do, to know what drives you, to be fueled by the fire that is going to change this world. We need you to do that. The world needs you. And we are so grateful to be part of your life and help you live as a thriving entrepreneur.
0: Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time.
1: Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to best-seller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself and tell you i know the world is waiting on your message and i would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world go to askstevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today